It's great to have you with us from wherever you're tuning in from. For more information about Elevate Church or to contact us, head to our website elevatechurch.me and take us wherever you go by downloading our Elevate Church AU app. We hope this message inspires and helps you to take your next steps in your journey. First Sunday of the month, early in the month, we like to celebrate what God's doing beyond our four walls here in the digital space. So as our, our church, our mission is to reach people and build people, not just people who physically show up, though we're glad that you do. And uh, we have our live experience here. We have our online experience on Facebook and YouTube. And we also have our podcast. Our podcast just cracked 82,000 uh, listens, which is great, heading to the big 100,000, uh, hopefully soon. And just this last month of May, uh, we had people join in a podcast from 16 countries, including Georgia. That's Georgia the country, not uh, Georgia the state of the United States of America. Uh, Qatar, or Qatar, depending on who you ask, and Macedonia. So there you go. Brilliant. So how about we welcome everyone joining us on our podcast today. Now, if you've been driving along and uh, somebody is in the lane next to you and they're, they're, they're not like far ahead of you, but they're not beside you. They're sort of like a half, they're sort of like half a car length ahead of you and they start pulling into your lane. And you're like... I mean, you know what to do in that moment. You speed up. You know that, right? But you're thinking, because you're thinking to yourself, they're not indicating, so I'm not letting them in. It's like, it's a turf war. And then, have you ever then sort of looked a bit closer and you realise they're not actually intentionally trying to change lanes. They're actually just drifting into your lane. And, and it, you don't even know why. You know, maybe they're singing along to one of T-Swizz's bangers on the radio because, you know, who couldn't? Um, maybe they're on their phone. Don't be that person. Or maybe they're just a terrible driver. But what you discover is they're not actually intentionally changing lanes. It's just that they're not paying attention and they're starting to drift. And, and this idea in this little episode is actually instructive for all of life. That in every area of life, if we're not paying attention, in the important areas of life, if we're not paying attention, it's easy to drift, including following Jesus. And I say that, and, and you might know somebody who you've seen over a period of time drift from their journey following Jesus. No judgment, but you might have even had that experience yourself. You know, you've woken up and you realise it's been months since you read your Bible. You, 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 re, you can't remember the last time you actually prayed to Jesus. Um, you can't remember the, the last time you took a next step. You know, so like your, your journey's been on just kind of on hold. It's like, I got this far, far enough, I guess. Um, maybe you've stepped away from a church community for an extended period of time. And what I've observed in my life and leadership is many people who drift didn't intend to drift. They didn't like start the year with their New Year's resolutions. This is going to be the year I'm going to drift away from following Jesus. It wasn't that they were intentionally drifting. It's that they weren't paying attention to maybe some of the warning signs. And then over time, they drifted or you drifted. And look, if it's happened to you, uh, let me tell you two things, very encouraging. Number one, 
it's not just you. And number two, you're not the first. In fact, when you read through the new part of the Bible, it's often referred to as the New Testament, you'll stumble across one of the, the letters there. It's called Hebrews. It was written probably to a group of Jewish Christians, people who grown up as in the Jewish faith and become followers of Jesus. Um, and it was written to them in a time where they had been experiencing enormous persecution. You know, this idea of uh, someone in Judaism, and by the way, it happens today in other established religions, moving away from their religion and to start following Jesus is in, in, in that culture was a big, big deal. It was considered that you were, you know, disrespecting your ancestors, you know, basically spitting on the Jewish faith, like what's wrong with the Jewish faith that you need to actually follow Jesus. And so they're experiencing enormous persecution, losing relationships with friends and family, losing possessions. And some of them had started to question whether all this sacrifice had been worth it. All the things that they'd given up to follow Jesus had actually been worth it. And some of them were starting to contemplate, and in fact, some had already started to actually go back to Judaism and stop following Jesus. They actually had drifted back. And the writer of this letter to the Hebrews, a big part of what he was writing to them was to help them resist the drift. And it was really a cautionary tale. Now, by the way, three to four years ago, we taught a series called Rumble Strip. Um, this was all about ways that we can resist the drift. You know, Rumble Strips, the ones where if you're drifting and all of a sudden your car, you pay attention to that. So you can go back, it's a three-week series, go back and listen to that. That's a bit of a bonus uh, heads up on our, on our podcast. But today we're launching a new series called Keep the Faith. Now, in many sporting codes in different parts of the world, they'll, they have what's known as a Hall of Fame. Now, it, sometimes it's a physical space you can go and visit, the NASCAR Hall of Fame, um, for example. Uh, but sometimes it's not a physical place, but, but, but players who were the best in that sport in you know, times are awarded, uh, inducted into the Hall of Fame. Well, in this letter to the church in Hebrews, um, in chapter 11, there's a list of like great heroes of the faith. And, and that chapter of this letter to the Hebrews has become uh, referred to as the Hall of Faith. Okay, so it's a little riff on there, very clever. I don't know who the first person to come up with that. It wasn't me. Um, so I want to actually take us there today. If you've got your smartphone camera, scan this flow code. It's good. It will take you to Hebrews chapter 11 in the message, and what you'll see, and let's just leave it up there, what you'll see and, and, and what we're going to unpack is these Hall of Faith inductees. Some of them you've heard of, even if you're not a Jesus follower, you don't have a church background, some of them you've heard of, Moses, Noah, Sarah, Rahab, Abraham, and the list goes on. And what we're going to do actually over the next couple of months is we're going to actually take a walk through the Hall of Faith and learn and be inspired by some of these people that made it into the Hall of Faith. Um, and ultimately, with the goal of us growing in our faith. Because here's the thing, if, if you don't know this already, you can actually grow 
in faith. Faith is not static. I mean, it can be static if you don't give it some attention and put some work in, but it doesn't have to be static. And here's another thing. Faith can grow in different areas. You know, some people have strong faith for healing. They'll, they'll, they'll pray for themselves or anyone else for healing and expect God will do incredible things, but, but don't have that same strong faith in another area like finances or whatever. And so we always, always have room to grow in faith. So that's what we're gonna be doing over the next couple of months. Let me start off at verse six, where the writer of this letter in chapter 11 drops this explosive statement. Listen to this. It's impossible to please God apart from faith. And why? Because anyone who wants to approach God must believe both that He exists and that He cares enough to respond to those who seek Him. We're gonna leave this up and I, I wanna just double click on two things here. Number one, the writer says it's impossible to please God apart from faith. There's a lot of things that please God. You know, us being generous financially pleases God. Us speaking life into someone else pleases God. But, but they're not considered like, if you don't have them, it's impossible to please God. They're strongly recommended. The writer here says, actually the one thing that if you don't have it, it's impossible to please God is faith. Suggesting it's a pretty big deal. And then here's the second one. You must believe both that He exists and, so here's the thing. Jesus said, even the devil believes that God exists. So, you know, like if you've checked that box, great. <laughs> you, but that's not the end game. The end game is that believe that He cares enough to respond to those who seek Him. So these things are coupled up. Faith and seeking God believing and trusting that He cares enough to respond when we seek Him. Now, in case you missed it, two weeks ago, Perth, the great city of Perth, jumped 21 places up in the global rankings of the most livable cities in the world. Hello, number 12. I'm surprised it's that low, to be honest. Some moron. It should be number three at least. But anyway, we jumped. Number 12, most livable cities in the world. Good old Perth. We look out the window today and it's another perfect winter's day. Not a cloud in the sky. Um, now, Louie and I are very blessed. We live close to the river, the Swan River, one of the greatest river cityscapes in the world. And uh, most mornings I'll be down there. There's a big network of, of uh, running paths and cycling paths. So I'll be down there doing my thing. And I got to tell you, we've been living in the same suburb for 25 years. Uh, so I've lost count of how many times I've been down there running, cycling. And, and every time, every single time, I'm a morning person, I'm down there in the morning, every single time, I'll see something often multiple things that are just like, wow, how this is incredible. You might be walking or running along the cycle path. Or the, no, don't run and walk on the cycle path. Cycle on the cycle path. Don't be those people. Right, Liz? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, running or walking on the running path and, and maybe have a pot of dolphins 
swimming alongside you, literally a meter away. I mean, that doesn't happen in Melbourne. Nothing could live in the Yarra River. So there you go. Um, there might be, there's a new uh, bird island, a wildlife island. So you might see some swans and, and, and the little baby swans. What are baby swans called? Yeah, very good. Tara's first. She goes to the top of the class. Uh, signets. Um, depending on the time of the morning, like you might see the sun rising and reflecting off the, the, the buildings across the city skyline. That's pretty remarkable. Uh, or the, or the, 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 if it's a full moon, uh, the moon sort of descending and the glow coming across the river. It's just incredible. You might see Liz, you might see Jenny Green. I mean, it just doesn't end. It's, it's magnificent. And um, Tuesday morning, zero degrees. I was out there, me and, well, probably only about three other people, but anyway. Um, so it is bonkers to me every single time, and by the way, it happens every, every morning, that I see somebody out there walking around the Swan River, the beautiful world-class Swan River, scrolling on their phone. I'm like, hello, you can do that on the toilet. Don't, you're out in the wild. Look up. I don't say that, but I think that. You miss out on so much if you don't look up. By the way, little bonus fact, just because I know it and I want you to know it too, in South Korea, they now have the illumination for the pedestrian crossings lit on the ground level. Don't believe me? Here, here it is. Because no one's looking up. So when it turns green, people can see around their phones and start walking and don't even have to look up. Hmm. Welcome to 2023, people. No wonder Steve Jobs banned his kids from having an iPhone. Ironic, really. But there's a lot of stuff in life that can keep us looking down. Not just phones. I'm talking like the news, relational drama in your life, financial pressure, hello, and on it goes. And if we're not intentional, here's that word, if we're not intentional, we can spend all day looking down. But, but here's, the, here's what I want to highlight. If you spend all your day looking down, don't be surprised to find yourself always feeling down. It's incumbent on us to be intentional to look up. Looking down, we wonder why we're discouraged. Look down, we wonder why we feel hope draining. Wonder, wonder why, you know, is God even, I mean, I, yeah, I haven't questioned that He's real, but I question if He cares and if He's working. So if you want to lift your faith, you've got to look up. Now, scroll back to verse 1. The writer drops this one. Faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. It hasn't happened yet, 
It's a confidence that it will actually happen. It gives us assurance about things we cannot see. Now, when I went to Bible college back in 1830, this was taught, this was taught to us as the definition of faith. And really, it's not really a definition. It's more of a description of what faith does. So it's super important. What faith does is it gives us confidence and it gives us assurance about stuff that hasn't happened and we can't yet see, but we know it's going to happen. But you won't see it if you don't look up. Looking up helps us see different things and see things differently. Then the writer says, well, through their faith, and now he's talking about the people that made it into the hall of faith, which he's about to then go on and start to list them off. The people in days of old earned a good reputation. So, you know, no wonder they made it into the hall of faith. They, they were credited with faith, earned a good reputation. Um, and we're going to go on and, and walk through these two months, looking at some of these heroes that made it into the hall of faith. Let me give you a little heads up. When you read through some of these people in the hall of faith and what they did, uh, you can start to get a little discouraged. You know, some of them overthrew kingdoms. Some of them uh, spoke life into dead, dry bones and those bones became life and people again. Monday morning, I had a sick puppy. I spent half of my day wiping poo off the floor. That's me. And I'm reading about Moses and Noah while I'm wiping doggy doo-doo off of my floor. It's discouraging. No one's going to put me in the hall of faith for my doggy do wiping abilities. I think they should, but they won't. And we start to think of maybe how ordinary our life is. But here's what we need to understand. The hall of faith is very much a highlight reel. Okay. And actually, <laughs> almost to a person, they had, before they made it into the hall of faith, and, and we start to read about their highlight reel, they had a, a low light reel. John Ortberg, church leader and author, he riffs, on, he riffs on just the first book of the Bible, the book of Genesis. Let, let, me, let me point out some of the low light reel from these faith heroes. Just the first book of the Bible. I mean, I'm not even gonna go further than that. Cain got jealous of his brother Abel, so he killed him. Lamech introduced polygamy to the world. This is before like the Kardashians became a reality TV show. This could have become the thing. Noah got drunk, cursed his own grandson. Lot, when surrounded by intruders who wanted to sexually violate his visitors, offered his daughters up to them instead. Now, I don't want you to mess with my visitors. That would be terrible, but you can have sex with my daughters. That'd be fine. Later, his daughters got him drunk and got impregnated by him. And he's described actually as the most righteous man in Sodom. Abraham played favourites with his sons, Jacob and Esau, and they became bitter enemies for 20 years. Jacob played favourites with his son, Joseph, and against his other 11 sons. And so the other 11 sons, the 11 brothers, ended up selling Joseph into slavery. Problem solved. Uh, Abraham had sex with his wife's servant and got her pregnant and then at his wife's request sent the servant and his illegitimate child out into the wilderness to die. 
How are we doing? See, you're starting to feel better about yourself. You're like, man, these people are terrible. Isaac and Rebekah fought over which boy gets the blessing. Jacob married two wives and ended up with both of their maids as his concubines and they all got into a fertility competition. Jacob, Jacob's firstborn son slept with his father's concubine and another son slept with his daughter-in-law when she disguised herself as a prostitute. And the reason she dressed up like a prostitute to get pregnant is because she was childless and she was childless because her first two husbands were so terrible that God just wiped them out. It's messed up. These people need help. They need Dr. Phil. They need Dr. Spock. They need Dr. Seuss. They need it all. And these people made it into the hall of faith. This is wildly encouraging. There's hope for you and me, despite our dysfunction. Look, I said to our team this morning, I bet nobody tops any of that stuff. And if you do, keep it to yourself. But here's what I want you to see. When we read about these very same people that I just shared some of their low light reel, when we read about them thousands of years later in the hall of faith, God doesn't even mention their failures. He only speaks to their faith. Oh, well, that doesn't sound fair. Okay, sure. Well, would you want God to be rolling around holding up your list of failures? Here's the stuff that you're known for. No, God, when He forgives us, He wipes that stuff clean. He doesn't even remember. And, and, and what we're gonna see in this hall of faith is we're gonna see that God's more interested in our faith than our failures. He's more interested in highlighting our faith than our failures. Now I've had poor eyesight since before I was born, apparently. I don't know how they found that out. But I think when I was three and I, had, I just kept on walking into walls, my mum thought something's wrong here. It took me to an optometrist and to this day, I still need to go and see an optometrist. And I don't like doing it. She's sweet. I just don't enjoy it. I just don't. So I, I put it off. Uh, I found hacks that sort of allow me to function somewhat at a you know level that, uh, for example, I might be in the supermarket aisle and I see a product and I want to I want to know what the ingredients are, but I can't read it because it's in, 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 in it's in a criminally small font. So I'll get my phone and I'll put that item up and I'll get my phone and I'll take a photo and then I'll pinch to, is it just me? Anybody? Yeah, that's right. Now, here's the thing. I prayed about that and last year, Apple, because iPhone, they introduced a magnifying glass app. It is my most used app on my phone. I get personal messages from Tim Cook saying, stop using the magnifying glass so much. You're taking up all the bandwidth globally. I'm like, uh, two weeks ago, I flew to Canberra, so I wanted to take a book with me to read on the plane. I literally laid out six books on my coffee table and I chose the one I was going to take with me based purely on the font size. 
This one's got the biggest font. That's the one I'm taking. Because I did not want to be 30 minutes into my flight and thinking, I can't actually read this. Turn to the person next to me. Excuse me, do you mind reading this book out loud for me? Wouldn't work. And don't judge me because I'm pretty sure some of you, you're at the stage of life where you've started aiming your glasses. You're, you're, you're in the restaurant and you're like, praying to God for arm extenders. Can you please read this menu for me? But I do go to the optometrist and here's why. I go to the optometrist because I want to see clearly. You actually have to be intentional if you want to see clearly. So I'm just going to land today with some very practical, low-hanging fruit things that you and I can do to help resist the drift and ultimately start to really grow our faith. Next, year, next week, we're going to jump into the first of the members of the Hall of Faith. But I just wanted to set this up today and, and really jumpstart us. And this is the remarkable thing is that the things that actually will help us resist the drift and actually grow our faith, they're actually, they're, they're put, they're actually on the low shelf. I mean, this is the brilliant thing about God is He takes things that are so valuable that He doesn't put them in the fine china closet. He puts them on the lowest shelf because they're so valuable that He wants us to access them. You don't need to have a secret set of keys or grandma's permission. They're just there. First one is the Bible. Really? It's not a shocker, right? And, and there's some church traditions where the Bible, and this happened for centuries, was locked up and only the paid professional got to read it. Now, we've all got it. It's there and that's how it's meant to be. In fact, it wasn't written in... Oh no, oh, that's another story. I'll say that. You'll be too impressed if I share that one. Um, and, and one of the things we've been doing, let's throw this up, there's a QR code. One of the things we've been doing is encouraging people to use the Bible app um, simply because, uh, well, you and I both know we take our phones with us just about everywhere we go. Don't ever FaceTime me if you're on the toilet. Please. Kaylee, I'm told it happens, okay? Why is it so echoey? Throw the QR code up there and uh, you all can scan this. And what we've been doing is every Monday as we've been putting up, you, you can actually set Elevate, scan this, take it to the Bible app. You can set Elevate Church as what they're calling My Church in the Bible app. And every more Monday, we've been posting up a, a new Bible reading plan. So uh, tomorrow, there'll be a new Bible reading plan not coincidentally, around this book of Hebrews. And uh, so I've been doing that personally as part of my Bible, regular Bible reading. Um, and many of our team are doing that. And you, if you can actually become friends in the Bible app and encourage one another and so on. So it's just a super, super, you know. So on the bus, uh, waiting in the line, the super, like this is one of those times where you have permission to be on your phone, okay? Not when you're crossing the road or driving. So there's a new plan going up tomorrow. This is, it's just, it's there. It's accessible. It's like, duh. Prayer is another one. Prayer. You can pray anywhere, anytime. You don't need to have a special room, though you can. You don't need to go into a church building, though you can. You don't need to be out on some magnificent cliff watching the sunset, though you can. Uh, but prayer. Um, 
consistently connect into a church community. One of the most important things to understand is following Jesus is personal, but it's not private. Following Jesus is a team sport. (laughs) When we consistently, and that's the key word, consistently show up, you get access to great teaching. And I'm telling you, the teaching here is pretty darn great. Not good, it's great. And not just me, we've got, Sadly, three all-white middle-aged men. But anyway, um, Rob and Steve, like they are gifts to our church. And I bring, you know, something that's okay most of the time as well. You get to encourage one another. This, you, know, you don't get to do this just by listening to a podcast. I mean, again, those are additional tools, but gathering together matters. And also to encourage someone else. In the, the same book of Hebrews, now remember this, this letter to the Hebrew church was, was uh, trying to catch people that were starting to drift and help them resist the drift. Let, let, me, let me show you back just one chapter in chapter 10, what the writer put out there. Let's see how inventive we can be in encouraging love and helping out. I mean, there's a great life goal right there. Not avoiding worshipping together as some do, but spurring each other on, especially as we see the big day approaching. Now, I'll tell you, having been in church leadership for approaching three decades, I've seen this one thrown at people like you throw spaghetti against the wall to see if it's cooked. Like, don't neglect gathering together as some people do, you pathetic scum. You call yourself a Jesus follower and we only see you every two months. And it's like, uh, I'm not a big fan of being a travel agent for guilt trips, first of all. I don't think it's effective long-term motivation for anybody in any area. Secondly, just saying that really misses the bit I've underlined here. There's a reason that the writer talked about not avoiding worshipping together as some, as, as some do. You know, John, you know, haven't seen John for a while. But spurring each other on, he's he's calling us and instructing us to be inventive in encouraging love and helping out, spurring each other on doing that. Following Jesus is a team sport. And my observation is that people who start to drift away from a church community, They've not stopped believing in God. They've not stopped believing in Jesus, but I just see the temperature drop. It just does. And yet when we come together and we start to spur each other on, I see the temperature start to rise again in a way that only doing Jesus following as a team sport can do. Our Elevate Kids team members will tell you that the kids that are here consistently are the kids that are growing the most consistently. (laughs) It's like you just can graph it and the ones that aren't here consistently aren't growing as consistently. Well, I can tell you it's the same for adults. And I can tell you that, again, having observed this for approaching three decades. So again, remember, you have to be intentional 
or else it's not going to happen. Intentionally aim your momentum at consistently being part of a church community. And then beyond that, don't just sit and consume. Join a team. So one of the things in joining a team and contributing is you get to be part of someone else's story. Three weeks ago, two weeks ago, two weeks ago, Jordan baptised, not in the River Jordan, but in the tank, uh, one of our Elevate youth who's come up through Elevate Kids, um, Jaden and Kubi. And uh, Jaden's story is a part of Jordan's story. I was in Canberra, I texted Jordan and said t- on the Saturday, tomorrow I'm so thrilled for you because it's the first time you've baptised somebody that, that, that this has happened because of your investment in Jaden. And I would want all of our Elevate Kids team to have known that as well, that he was getting baptised age 13, 12, because of the investment of team members and their investment and their stories become his story. And it wouldn't have happened if people hadn't joined the team and invested in in him. And so again, it's not this, join a team, we need people. Get off your bum, you're safe to serve, not safe to sit. You know, I mean, it's like, and then when you start to see this sort of thing, you start to see life change. You start to see people take next steps as a result of your investment. It's like, well, I want to see more of that. And again, it's going to be one of those tools that helps you resist the drift. Because when you drift, you don't, you don't get to experience that. Anyway, let's pray. I'm going to pray uh, for this series. By the way, every time I say series, Siri pops up on my iPad. It's very annoying. If you ever watch our online experience and I look a little bit frazzled, it's because I'm telling, shutting Siri up on my iPad, having just said, welcome to our brand new series. How can I help you today? Shut up, Siri. I'm trying to preach. Anyway, she's, she's triggered. She's good. She's triggered. Um. And, and I said, we're going we're gonna to roll through this hall of faith for two months. I mean, I don't even know how long, but it's going to be a couple of months and it's going to be a journey. And so I want to invite you. I just talked about showing up consistently. Show up consistently. Oh, but it's seven degrees. Listen, mate, two weeks ago, I was in a race standing on the start line in my running clothes in Canberra. It was minus four degrees. So you could be here when it's seven. Right, Peter? Peter grew up in a country where it's hotter than the sun and he's here. So God, I thank you in advance for everything you're going to reveal to us, everything you're going to show us, everything you're going to inspire us by these incredibly messed up dysfunctional people that you were able to take and see them grow and see them be transformed and see them ultimately be used by you to do incredible things that we get to learn from, we get to be inspired by, and we get to actually apply to our lives here in 2023, Monday to Sunday. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. We really hope you got a lot out of this message. If you live in the Perth area, we'd love for you to join one of our live experiences. For times and directions, as well as information, head to our website, elevatechurch.me. For those of you beyond the Perth area, we'd love for you to connect with our online experience, which premieres every Sunday via YouTube and Facebook Live and on demand immediately after. 
and to partner with us to reach more people by giving financially, head to our website, elevatechurch.me and also download our Elevate Church AU app.